I'm Romano Georgi. Welcome to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. This podcast packs three life-bettering, easy-to-grasp principles into weekly 15-minute episodes. These life hacks are designed to improve your mental, social, and financial health and wealth. Give the next 15 your full and undivided attention, for the much better you is waiting. Danger, Will Robinson. Hello. Welcome to episode seven of the Much Better You, three in 15 podcast. I hope you are magnificently well. And if not, then I hope that this episode will inject some much deserved wellness into your life. And so this episode is for you, my friend, because you deserve to make the very most of your life. No matter what has come before, good or bad, know that you are in the driving seat now. And if you don't drive, know this. You are only ever one step away from changing your life for the better. I repeat, you are only ever one step away from changing your life for the better. And by the way, if you just shouted at your stereo or iPod or smartphone, yeah, and I'm also one step away from changing my life for the worse, then a negative outlook may be something you can work on. And so I think you'll benefit even more from this episode. As you'll know by now, I believe that what you put out into the world or the universe or whatever you want to call it comes back at you with interest on it. Remember that what you focus on expands. Put out resentment, gossip, complaining, negativity. It will come back to you gift-wrapped and bulging. Put out encouragement, kindness, gratitude and positivity, however, and it will come back to you in the form of blossom-scented sunny days, regardless of external season, because it will carry your own weather around with you inside, weather that does not rely on external validation. Okay, let us march. In today's love-filled episode, I shall be talking to you about why you shouldn't need to compare yourself to others. I shall explain why love is more than just a feeling. And finally, I shall try to convince you why you should love your enemies. That's all I ask. No biggie. Okay, unless you're busy stomping down the high street, waving your arms in a most animated manner and muttering to yourself quite loudly... This podcast may be amazing and undoubtedly the best podcast I've ever listened to, but love thy enemies? Now that's a challenging statement. While all the time knowing that you won't get funny looks because people will assume you're having a hands-free conversation. Sit back, relax and plug in. This will feel a little weird. Episode 7, Principle 1. Don't compare yourself to others. I'll never forget a joke that Irish stand-up comic Ardell O'Hanlon once told at one of his shows. Did you ever have a friend that, that won the national lottery and then you kind of wish that they died? Sorry, I'll never do that accent again. Just in case you didn't understand that. Did you ever have a friend that won the national lottery and then you kind of wish that they died? <laughs> and everyone, including myself, found this to be very funny. Why? Because deep down, despite this being an extreme scenario, we could all relate to it. It is human nature to automatically compare ourselves to others. 
even though we may not necessarily be aware that we're doing it. We either look up to people who we consider to be superior to us in some way, to people who we believe are living a better quality of life than us, a life that we can only dream of having one day perhaps. These will likely be celebrities or even friends posting on Facebook or Instagram, showing off their amazing beach holidays, their new cars, their amazing new homes, or even their new faces. Whoa. Or we look down on people who we consider to be our inferiors, people we believe are living a lower quality of life than us, people that may have less money than us, a crappier car, or they may live in a dodgier part of town. Or maybe they are suffering from ill health or some other hardship that we have never known. And sadly, it is human nature to feel bad or think less of ourselves when we perceive others to be doing better than us. Equally, we feel better about ourselves when we perceive others to be struggling or doing worse than us. Such a sad and unfortunate human trait as neither end of this spectrum serves us particularly well. While one could argue that reflecting on other people's misfortunes may offer you, I don't know, a broader sense of perspective and perhaps make you appreciate that your lot isn't so bad after all, ultimately comparing yourself to others is all about you, about your insecurity, your lack of inner peace or fulfillment, that need for a negative external reference to feel good about yourself. And furthermore, how much do we really know about the other person whose lifestyle we envy? Maybe they work bloody hard to get to where they are today. Maybe their amazing job means that they never get to spend any time with their loved ones. Or perhaps they have a tragic backstory. While you're busy envying the good stuff, the whole picture may be something totally different. And likewise, the complete opposite may be true of that person that you consider to be your inferior. They may be loving their professional or family life. We just don't know. Focusing on what you perceive other people to have is never going to bring you happiness because unbeknown to them, you are essentially entering into a competition with that person. And guess what? You will always be starting behind them. You are unnecessarily putting yourself into a position of negative deficit. You are downgrading your self-worth in your own eyes. Pretty sad, isn't it? So what can we do about it? Well, aside from practicing gratitude on a regular basis, which links into various other principles, there's a few things that I'd recommend. Top tips. Firstly, if someone has what you perceive to be all these wonderful things going for them, perhaps you can use these as motivation to achieve some of these things too. If they have a dream job, for instance, perhaps research that field, then investigate signing up to the relevant training programs to get you on track. Or if they have that amazing beach body or six pack, maybe start assessing your diet or join that nearby gym. Be aware of and investigate those things that you think will make you a happier, better person, but never compare yourself to others. And secondly, if you haven't already done so, I'd recommend reading Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, which I briefly touched on before. Rule 4 states, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to someone else today. Peterson believes that you shouldn't compare yourself to others because they are not you. They do not have your temperament, your troubles, your family or your abilities. They do not have the things that make you, you. The only person that has all those attributes is you. 
That's why you should only compare yourself to who you were yesterday, because that is a game that you can win. However, a game whereby you compare yourself to others is a game based on your illusions or your perceptions of others. This game you can never win. Oh no! Whereas it is achievable and it is healthy to try to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. Maybe you can get up a bit earlier. Maybe you can use social media less. Maybe you can exercise or read a little bit more. Be your own benchmark. Don't compare yourself to others. Episode 7, Principle 2. Love is a verb. Why is it that divorce rates, in the UK at least, are so high? I'd be willing to wager that one of the reasons is that many people don't realise that love is a verb. Instead, many of us, as Hollywood movies intend us to, believe love to be a feeling. The problem with feelings is that they come and go, they are transient, and so many married couples will cite falling out of love as one of the main reasons for breaking up. I'm not saying that love won't make you feel great when you find it, because it does, and that's a really good thing. Hello. I'm merely saying that love is a verb, because it is something you do, something you actively need to work at, in order to keep it alive. Such a proactive approach to love is far healthier in the long term than the reactive person's approach to love, where they are driven by emotions or feelings that may come and go. Ask anyone in a successful and loving relationship and they'll tell you that it takes work. Ask a new time parent that hasn't slept properly in weeks and they'll say the same thing. And this is because love is something you do. It's about the sacrifices you make. Love is generated via loving actions. If, for instance, you're in a non-ideal or non-fulfilling relationship, ask yourself the following question. Am I proactively doing everything I can to make this relationship work? Or am I instead reactively focusing on what I perceive to be the other person's weaknesses? You need to really think about this before answering this question, because it's all too easy to point that accusing finger at the other person, to focus on the other person's flaws, the other person's shortcomings, and all too easy to not turn that accusing finger back in on yourself. Remember episode one, principle two, shift your perspective? Well, you need to do that here and objectively try to see the other person's viewpoint. Is it possible that you are at least partly responsible for the relationship stagnancy? The following simple exercise may help you here. Take a pen and paper and list all the things that you're looking for as character traits in your ideal partner, be it, for instance, generosity, open-mindedness, patience, confidence, etc. And then honestly tick off all the things on your list that you think best describe you too. This may help you to identify some areas in need of self-improvement. And if you were confiding your relationship woes to your personal journal or to a close friend or marriage counsellor, for instance, what kind of language would you use? Would it be reactive language, for instance, my wife makes me so angry, or if only my husband were more affectionate? If so, you are effectively transferring blame onto the other person and absolving yourself of any kind of responsibility. If this is the case, try to take back some responsibility in order to make the relationship work. When was the last time you bought her flowers? 
When was the last time you decided to forego that night out with your mates to spend a nice romantic evening in with your wife where, shock horror, you even cook her a nice meal? Actively seek to love him or her. Try to be a better listener as per episode 6, principle 1. Try to be more patient. Try to be more empathic. Try to better appreciate them. For to do so, at the very least, you will have demonstrated to the other person that you're investing into the relationship, that you're actively seeking to love them. And perhaps in return, they may follow your lead and seek to work at loving you back too. Love is a verb. Episode 7, Principle 3. Love thy enemies. Love thy enemies, or words to that effect, are referenced several times in the Christian Bible. And there are various other versions of this statement knocking about in Zen and other philosophies. Okay, it's been done to death, so why am I creating a new principle about it here in the 3 and 15 podcast? Well, because I think different people assign different meanings to this statement, but for the most part, many won't agree with it. And with good reason too. If someone has done you a serious wrong, why should you even like them, let alone love them? Surely self-preservation dictates that not only do you hate your enemies, but you give them a wide berth also. And this is what I would like to challenge here. Now to quote him for a second time in this episode, Jordan Peterson puts an interesting spin on it. He believes that genuine self-interest necessitates getting on with others because we are all codependents, even if they are your enemies. For it may well be the case that your enemies, let's say the school bully or that malevolent manager at work, are probably enduring their own form of hell. Maybe they are the receiving end of some kind of abuse or persecution that is out of their control. So why should you add to this negative deficit when instead you can offer them compassion that may bring them back from the brink in some small kind of way? And in doing so, this may make your life a little easier too when they realise that you are not the problem here. You know, I genuinely believe that sometimes you can even kill them with kindness. Not literally, of course. Here's a simplified anecdote that may help to explain this. A number of years ago, my parents were opening up a new cafe in central London and my friends and I were handing out promotional flyers outside of Russell Square, London Underground train station. Some people took the flyers, others ignored us, but I'll never forget this one time a massive and imposing guy coming up and standing toe to toe with me, snatching a flyer out of my hand and aggressively barking into my face. Why the beep should I bother with one of these? I'm not going to lie, I was crapping myself. But anyway, I softly replied, okay, sorry, no problem. Or words to that effect. And you know what? When he realised that I wasn't going to engage him at his level of aggression, he immediately switched. His shoulders dropped, his gaze softened, his entire body language changed from Clubber Lang in Rocky 3 to Bill and Ted on a chill day. He then said in the kind of defeated way, let me take some more flyers so that I can hand them out to my friends. We're working just around the corner. And guess what? A week or so later, when the cafe opened, he and his builder buddies dropped in quite literally every morning for the £2.95 full English breakfast and cup of tea promotional deal that we were running. Yes, £2.95. It was that long ago. 
Now, of course, this guy was not my enemy, not least of all because I didn't have to endure his moodiness on a regular basis. But the lesson I learned here was that I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have turned out anywhere near as well for me had I matched his aggression. Instead, I engaged him respectfully. I showed him more compassion than he had shown me. So back to that school bully or that nasty co-worker. What if we seek to understand why they are the way they are? Had we been in their shoes, is it possible that we would have turned out the same way? Maybe we can choose to accept that some people just are the way they are. Maybe we can choose to forgive and let go of past resentments or accept that they can't be undone. And so there is no point holding on to them when all they will do is eat you up from the inside out. Maybe you can even find something about that person that you can love. Sure, they don't treat you well, but maybe they're a doting parent or they volunteer at the local hospice. Or maybe you can kill them with kindness by smiling or doing something nice for them. And you know what? Even if after all your efforts to love your enemies don't pay off, even if they don't become your friend or someone you can get along with, at least you'll have found some inner peace by letting go of that unhealthy resentment or by better accepting that some people just are the way they are. And I think it will be useful to add something here that Jay Shetty once shared in an interview with Tom Bilal on Impact Theory, a podcast that I cannot recommend highly enough, by the way. Shetty said that just as there are people that you love and that don't love you back, there are people that invest in you, that love you, and yet you don't love them back in return. Just think about that for a second, as it may not have occurred to you before. Shetty believes that, as I kind of mentioned at the start of this episode, whatever you put out into the world, you get back, including love. It's just that the love won't necessarily be coming back from the same people that you love. And it's the same with hurt. You have likely been hurt by people that you never hurt, your supposed enemies, yet you'll have done the same to others. Love thy enemies. Congratulations. You made it to the end of episode seven of the free in 15 podcast in which I cover the following three principles. Don't compare yourself to others. Love is a verb and love thy enemies. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the 3 and 15 podcast on whichever platform floats your canoe, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pandora, etc. And do please leave me some positive reviews on these podcast platforms, as this will help to raise the profile of your favorite 3 and 15 podcast. Please also follow my Twitter and Instagram accounts with the handle at 3in15podcast. And finally, this. join the 3in15podcast Facebook group so that you can join in with discussions, suggest future episode topics, and finally comment on the following final thought of the day, care of Oscar Wilde. Man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask and he will tell you the truth. I repeat, man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask and he will tell you the truth. Thank you so much for listening. Have a bow select a week and I'll see you at the next one. She's a pretty-